All right, guys, welcome back to the School Food Rocks podcast. I am super, super excited for today's guest. He's been a friend for a number of years. He is the one and only Ryan Richardson from Trident Seafoods. If you know anything about me, you know I'm a huge proponent of high-quality seafoods in schools. And as a chef ambassador for the Seafood Nutrition Partnership, finding ways to get high-quality seafood in the schools is one of my missions. And today's guest has been my partner in that mission for over a decade. So this is going to be a great show. So let's go. Ryan, welcome to the School Food Rocks podcast, my brother. How you doing today? Oh, pretty good. Thanks for having me, Joe. I appreciate being on. I'm looking forward to uh, getting to talk a little bit about seafood. Uh, I think it's a very important topic right now, as you know, for a variety of reasons we'll get into later in the in the mm-hmm. show about why it's important that we need to really be putting more high quality seafood in front of kids in schools and uh, nobody better than Trident Seafoods to do that. You guys are the leader in the industry and you have been forever and proud to partner with you guys and can't wait for our listeners to really hear more about why Trident's the right company and why we need to get more seafood in the schools so kids can have them with their diet. It's important. So let's go. Tell us a little bit about Ryan Richardson, tell us, you know, what's your background, how long you've been with Trident, uh, a little bit about you, your family life. Yeah, yeah, sure, absolutely. Uh, gosh, the simple stuff, I've been at Trident for, uh, I, as I like to joke, my entire life, uh, or most of my career anyway, 22 years now at Trident Seafoods. Um, I kind of came on starting in the export business. Trident, um, and I, I won't go into too much detail, but we're, we're the largest vertically integrated seafood company in the United States. So uh, we do everything we, 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 you could say from the boat to the throat, um, from the source to the plate, that's, that's Trident. And I've been there for like the 22 years, about last 17 of it have been in the school food service side, um, kind of running Trident's uh, K-12 and then CN line. It kind of, kind of goes all over the place, but, but the core process is in, in K-12 and I've been uh, managing that line ever since. And yeah, it's been a been a great big roller coaster, great a good roller coaster ride up and down. Um, I have a big family. Uh, gosh, I'm I'm originally a Midwest boy, so I'm out I'm out for the Midwest in Ohio, so I'm still a Big Ten guy. But uh, lived in Washington here for 23 years. Met my wife, who's uh, in college. We went to college out uh, back in the Midwest together. Got married out here, moved out here, fell in love out here, and I actually got my uh, all my family members to move out here as well into the Northwest. And nice. uh, I have four kids, four kids uh, running the gamut from a senior graduating college this year to uh, to a third grade, all the way down to our little guy, a third grader. So all over the board. Wow, wow, wow. So yeah, I I love the area you're in. I got the pleasure to meet you out there and. Uh, few years ago right. Right? that was like four or five six years ago something like that and it's just a beautiful uh-huh. beautiful area of the country um so our listeners want to hear more about seafood and today i want to try to um maybe unravel some of the myths around there about quality seafood versus some of the other stuff that's hitting the market and how some of these manufacturers are getting around that but one of the 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 important things i think our mm-hmm. listeners need to to know and understand is the difference between once frozen fish and twice frozen fish. But maybe first yeah. and foremost, why, why does the, the Pollock, 
the salmon, the uh, rockfish, some of the other uh, species you guys catch out there? Why does it need to be frozen? And what's the benefits of that? Because people say, oh, I want fresh fish. So Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, uh, you know, I think I was under that, uh, before I understood the seafood industry really well, I wasn't, uh, I don't think I was aware of that as well, that, that, that once frozen, um, frozen fish can be just as good as the fresh fish off the boat. And, and we'll jump back for a second. What does once frozen mean? Um, and versus twice frozen. It's a little lengthy, but I'll, I'll keep it real simple. The, the simple part, once frozen fish means it's literally frozen one time. We catch it at the source. Uh, usually uh, most of the species, our core species, we catch some of the ones you mentioned, um, including once frozen wild Alaska pollock. We catch it up in Alaska. We either fillet it and freeze it right on the boat or on our, on our plant, short-based plant up in Alaska. It's frozen one time. Comes down to our core processing facilities uh, typically could be in Georgia or, or in Washington state. Most of, most of our K-12 items are done in Washington state. We bread them, batter, bread and batter the fish or have it raw, so to speak. Um, but most, most items, let's, let's just use a, um, a fish stick, for example, and get breaded, um, thrown down the line, par fried to set the breading and then fro- and put through the freezer again. But the fish inside never gets thawed. So it's only frozen one time. It's not thawed and frozen fish has a really delicate protein and it's not like beef or chicken or other proteins are a little hardier so when when a fish protein um, relaxes it can make the product inferior and loses quality so it's important that that fish is only frozen one time and so when you're cooking it whether you buy that fish stick at a grocery store or costco or any of the great grocery stores out there or or you're cooking it from school lunch or the restaurant almost always that fish unless it's smoked or canned can be frozen one time and it's going to be a raw product inside, which confuses some people that aren't used to that. They're used to fully cooked items. So it comes raw and frozen, cook it one time, and that sets up the high quality. There's no chemicals, no phosphates. And that's kind of where we get into uh, twice frozen. So twice frozen fish. It's fish typically uh, cotton, cotton, cotton Russia. Um, then it's usually transferred over to China to be processed. Russians catch it and freeze it, head and gut the fish. The whole fillet, or sorry, the head and gut the fish goes to China where they thaw it out. So if there's being thawed at once, we put a phosphate in it, like you might see in other products. Uh, you know, typically you think of phosphate items against in turkey or, or chicken, things like that, they, they phosphate. And, and phosphate itself, not, not the worst thing in the world, but you don't know how much they're pumping the fish with. They phosphate it twice, they, they add phosphate to it, then they cut it into a shape, freeze it again, then China. And then sent over here to the United States, typically to be breaded and battered. Now, we don't do that with our K-12 line, um, and, and we we don't do that at all in our K-12 line. Matter of fact, some of our competitors do, but uh, we don't do that. So our product's only frozen, like I said, one time versus twice frozen, um, which is like you said, we see you see with the inferior product. So, and the next question you probably would ask me is, you know, what is what does the uh, quality look like on that? So it's just going to be a softer fish going to have a more translucent color, sometimes off flavor and taste uh, from the chemicals added. So we just avoid that completely with getting one frozen product from the United States and uh, kind of compliant and all those needs and probably talk a little bit more about that down the line. I had a question about that a little bit. And since you mentioned, let's jump into it. So I know not all your competitors are following the same kind of practices. Yeah. But how do they get around it when, I mean, we're talking about the K-12 uh-huh. industry right here. How do they get around it with the Buy American Clause? Yeah, it's, that's, 
Well, that takes me back a ways, too. When I kind of first started, I would say, um, just thrown back a few years ago in the school lunch program, most all products in school lunch, not ours, we had a little bit, but most all the products for all companies was twice frozen. (laughs) Any sense of fish just wasn't the the nicest way to say it is it's not the same good quality. And um, over the years, I've tried and I'd be very proud to say I was part of a larger team that helped um, and other, some other companies as well to help push one's frozen fish in the schools and getting that spice frozen, that Russian, that Chinese product out of school lunch. And how we did that is through the Buy American Act. And, and us and, and this company like Peach Growers out there and other companies are trying to get American fruit into schools. We are trying to get, make sure American fish stays in schools. Um, and so we kind of were instrumental helping do that. So what happens is even with, especially even with, even with buy American products today, um, there's a couple ways that can happen, right? So a school can purchase a product. They go out to, they go out to buy fish specifically and okay. It's once frozen. That's great. It's once frozen product. You USA, it's going to meet, meet the buy American act. So we, you know, we, we have documents and stuff we can send over to schools asking for our products, which is all of our products, like I said, um, in our K-12 line that, that are by American compliant. Others, other companies, they may have to ask, is it maybe item to item that's by American compliant or not? And all of our items are. So, but how schools get around that is, is two different things. And I'm sure you you know this directly, Joe, and you probably a lot of your listeners do as well. There's two different ways that kind of works. So another good example would be, would say, like pineapple. Well, pineapple's not really grown in the United States. So since they're not available in the United States, the only way you can get them is overseas. That's right? fair. So with fish, it's a little different. So we get fish from us, and, you know, us being the largest vertically integrated company. There's other seafood companies as well that can supply school fish. Um, American caught sized vessels, American wild lactopolis and other fish to USA. However, schools can use that caveat. And that a second caveat, if it's not produced here, is if it's significantly or I I would forget the term, it's I think the word is significantly or greatly or greater than it's too expensive for them to buy basically. Yeah, so right. but it's a gray it's a gray area they use, right? The gray term, there's just some wiggle worm. What does that mean it's more expensive or or it's greater? or the cost is too much. What What is significant to one school district through Greenville may be different than New York City or a small rural school district in Ohio or Washington State, for example. So that leaves a gray area for schools to kind of be able to, I won't say cheat the system, but go around the system and, and still be able to get in product um, from overseas. And boy, I mean, I don't need to talk about politics here, but the last year or two, we We've all seen what's happened with product and, and, you know, especially that's been high. I guess the spotlight's been put on Russian seafood, right, coming in the United States. And uh, so that's even more more important now than ever, kind of to know where, you know, where did you, where's your seafood come from? Well, I, I think you know my thoughts on this, Ryan, because you know me for quite a number of years. And, you know, as a, as a proud chef ambassador for the Seafood Nutrition Partnership, um, first and yeah. foremost, I'm I'm really driven to try to get as much high quality seafood yeah. in schools throughout the country as possible. Um, yeah. But you know, also, I I understand when people say, "Hey, certain things are are a little more expensive," and and I yeah. hate I hate that they would go use that route to try to buy an inferior uh, product from out of the country because I, I I believe and I know for a fact that when school programs are are run properly. You can buy the highest quality uh, food possible for your kids if you run the programs pop- properly. But I've never right. seen, you know, a, a trident 
seafood product be significantly more than one of your competitors. I mean, the quality is definitely better. There's no doubt. That's why I've been a fan right. and, a, and a buyer for hell 17 years now. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, th I think we need to, we need to educate our industry a little bit better about all proteins, you know, about all protein. We, they, we need to know where they come from. We need to know how they're sourced. We need to know that, you know, when we make those purchases in school food programs, we're one, giving our kids the best possible product possible. But at the same mm -hmm. time, we're helping prop up the economy here in America because that's important. We don't need to be, we don't need to be diverting any uh, K-12 school food money to China or Russia. Yeah. That's, that's for sure. And I, you know, it's funny, you make, you bring up a good point and this is a, one, I, a, a quote kind of, I use often, but it's so true. A school district and director may serve, let's just say a, a different, different kind of pizza, whether it's high quality or low quality pizza, uh, to be blunt, kids are probably still going to eat that pizza. However, they may have a preference, but with seafood, if you serve a low quality piece of seafood to a kid versus a high quality seafood, they're not going to come back a second time. We don't have that. We don't have that. Um, we don't have that ability <laughs> of seafood producers with kids. You, you sometimes you get, you know, I wouldn't say one shot, but they're just not going to go around and have the low quality seafood product. You're, you're a hundred percent spot on with that for sure. And, and I liken it to uh, vegetables, you know, Kids are yeah. always going to eat pizza. They're always going to eat burgers, whether they're <laughs> the best quality or, or worse. But yeah. if you serve a kid uh, severely overcooked brown broccoli, not only are yeah. you not going to serve them any broccoli anymore, you, you might have ruined them for a good part of their life, right? And seafood, yeah. seafood's the same yeah. way. Seafood sometimes gets a bad rap. Well, kids don't eat seafood in our district. Well, I've seen how you cooked it. You know, I think if you followed the manufacturer's instructions a little better and cooked it just in time, made sure that, you know, it, it appeared beautiful as well as it tastes beautiful, you'd have a better shot at it. But once you serve, if you introduce a kindergartner to the worst taste in Pollock stick ever, yeah, the likelihood of you getting them to eat any kind of seafood anytime soon is, is out the door. So vegetables and seafood are very much in the same category there. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I would say, you know, growing up in the Midwest, it was kind of a similar situation. Um, you know, I think, I think growing up in Indiana and Ohio, I thought, you know, lima beans, you know, for example, lima beans could only be served with corn and boiled and, you know, <laughs> and a lot of other vegetables. So we didn't have a lot of uh, different options growing up. It was like, you know, canned or boiled vegetables and nothing on them. And, you know, as an adult, you kind of realize, oh, look, look at the 100, you know, the 100, the 1000 different things I can do with these vegetables or, and let's enter seafood here. Um, the same way I grew up, uh, we did eat a little bit of seafood actually growing up in the Midwest where we could get it. A lot of times it was, you know, frozen fish sticks from the grocery store. And, that, and that's okay. That's what a lot of kids kind of get their, um, their first seafood bites, so to speak. Um, unless you're in a family that's really doing a lot of scratch cooking, unless I go to the urban household and, you know, get something off the grill. Yes. A lot of people, a lot of people are going to be doing the fish sticks and that's fine. And I would say, um, just a little side caveat. The industry in general, I think, you know, there went through a big time in the what, 70s, 80s, even 90s, where quality was driven down, Joe. So people were trying, it was a, it was a race to the bottom for the cheapest quality products. You know, the, the, the tired, crude, and glued men's products, the, you know, Atlantic, Haddock, Pollock, I mean, the other cheap, just cheaper and cheaper products. And what happened from doing that, because pricing was going up on the quality products, it, it really just it was a disservice to our kids and our students because those kids, have to have it goes back to that quality point point blank and it's the same thing within grocery stores as well you see 
go, I won't name the names, but go to any grocery store. A lot of times over the last 10 years, you go to a grocery store, you only see really cheap mints products, and you don't even know where that fish is coming from. Well, they've kind of tried and fled the charge with our ultimate fish sticks that we serve in schools. We also saw in Costco and grocery stores nationwide, and it kind of helped push up the game in the grocery store. So now you'll start seeing higher quality, sustainable, whole muscle meat, big important things, um, even at the grocery store, and they're hoping that will help with um, future consumers because you know, what they're eating at home is also um, sometimes if you're not getting good quality products at home, they may not want to try it in the school lunch line. So. It's funny you mentioned that because yesterday a friend, my friend Ron sent me a text and he was at Costco. And yeah. the picture was the back of the package of the um, Trident Seafood Pollock Stick. Yep. And he's like, ultimate fish stick. Yep. He's like, dude, they got CN labels at Costco. I was like, that's because that's yep. the same fish stick we're serving in schools. And so he thought it that is, he yeah. thought that was amazing. So he's like, I didn't expect to see a CN label in there for the um, Pollock stick. So that was <laughs> that was incredible. So I mean, I I think I see a, a tide change in here in this industry. It is my hope and my mission to help uh, continue seeing this change. That more and more districts are understanding that they can operate programs and also serve high quality products. So I see the, yep. I see the trend shifting and I'm, I'm going to keep charging for that because I think that should be our mission. And I'm you know glad to know you guys, cause there's, there's not a bad product you put out there. Um, I, I reflect back to my time when I went out there and visited you and I got to do some really good mm-hmm. fishing and I brought back enough fish to last me for almost a year at that time. But mm-hmm. I was so impressed with the vessel that I got to tour because I just thought it was a catcher vessel. I didn't. I didn't really understand yep. the process. But when I went below deck and I saw, and I'll let you explain everything I saw down there, but it was just amazing to me that that they would catch this seafood. It would go below deck, and then everything else happened right there on the ship. So t- tell yeah. us. Tell us about that processor ship. It's an amazing process. I mean, you know, like, again, I've taken USDA inspectors up there. I've taken um, government employees, school directors, um, CEOs. It's amazing. You get someone down there, even if they've seen all different kinds of protein plants, and no, no disrespect to any other protein plant, but you get down on a seafood processing plant, it's completely different. Um, like you said, they, these boats, they're huge boats, two, 300 feet, 400 feet long. They um, are long and longer. They're floating processors. So what does that mean? Or catcher processors, sorry rather than just the processor. A catcher processor does exactly like you said. They're, they're out in the Bering Sea for months at a time. They're catching all the fish. They come up in these nets the size of city buses. Um, they bring up the fish on board, live, of course, put them through rigor. As, they, as the fish loosen up, they then put them through the processing, which skins them, bones them, takes out the fillets. Um, you put the fillets into boxes. Those fillets go in, those fillets are whole fillets they're all stacked together, basically. They're like, like like Lego bricks, and that's that's our bread and butter. Now, let me jump back and say nothing's wasted. The skin, you know, goes to fish meal. The bones go to fish meal and oil. Um, that goes all over the world. There's nothing I tell you. I bought any part of fish you can think of. It's going to be used somewhere in the world for something, and probably there's money to be made. Uh, maybe fish oil pills, right? Great supplement. I take them myself. I get them at Costco. <laughs> Shout out to Trident. We we do fish oil supplements as well. Um, just like olive oil, it's virgin pressed. It's not something we sell to schools, but it's a great product I use every day because I don't always get as much seafood in my diet. But um, I would tell you that these processors have hundreds of people on board. It's cramped quarters, man. It's like living on a submarine. I wouldn't want to do it, but it's super hard work. They're super dedicated. We have people that have been there for decades. 
And it's just an amazing process. That that product has been frozen, like I said, right on board. So frozen at the source, you know, when we say source to the plate, and it's frozen until you're cooking it up at home in your oven or in your in your school cafeteria. So it's just a, it is an amazing process. And um, you know, going out if you ever get to go out on one live too and be there, it's just um, it's a it's an amazing place to be and process. And uh, we do this all in the name of uh, getting good quality seafood out there. Well, you do a good job at it. And, and you, you talked about sustainability a little bit, but before we get into that, um, yeah, I want to talk about these species a little bit more, uh, wild Alaska yeah. Pollock and why right. that's, why that's the ideal choice. And, and for me as a seafood lover and a seafood promoter, why one of the reasons I like uh, wild Alaska Pollock most is it's a perfect species to introduce kids to seafood. You know, it's uh, yeah, firm flesh. It's it's not you know overly uh, overly strong in flavor. It's just got a good neutral, healthy taste to it. But tell us about the species a little bit more because it's I don't know if everybody's yeah. uh, as educated on wild Alaska Pollock as they need to be. Well, yeah, you stated some of the some of the good core facts right there, but. Interesting thing, you know, we say wild Alaska pollock is a mouthful, but that's important, um, you know, indicating that something's wild in Alaska. We do we do surveys all the time, and there's data trends and all kinds of data we look at for restaurants and, and schools nationwide. And when you go to a restaurant, Joe, and you order, if you look at, typically you'll see salmon. If it says salmon on the menu, I can almost guarantee you it's going to be farm salmon. And, and no disrespect to that, um, we do a little bit of farm salmon, but almost all of what we do is we do a larger, much larger portion of Alaska salmon. Well, having the Alaska name on a product tells you of the quality and where it's coming from. And so when we say wild Alaska pollock, and why do we say Alaska too? Also, there used to be Atlantic pollock. Once upon a time, probably, you know, if you look back to your child or my childhood, possibly way back then, more Alaska, or sorry, more Atlantic pollock was being served. Atlantic pollock is a different species. It's a grayer fish. It's just not the same good, fresh, white, mild, clean white fish that Alaska pollock is. Alaska pollock, and I won't get into all the Latin names and stuff, it's more closely related to Alaskan cod, which everybody knows and loves, right? Yes. Everybody loves cod. Um, oh, yeah, cod fish and chips, or cod this and that. So they're, they're more closely related. They're actually fished for in the same waters. So wild Alaska pollock, mild, you know, um, fairly firm, extremely, you know, easy and mild. Easy, you know, it's very inexpensive. It's, we'll talk about sustainability, like you said, in a minute, but the most sustainable fish in the world. Um, and nutritionally, you know, high and high in vitamin B12 and then, and, and, uh, all the other nutrients and vitamins you need. I mean, if there's a reason why it's always on the top of the pyramid for <laughs> of health charts, whether you're a bodybuilder, your kid, you're looking for nutrition in any type of way, you'll never find anybody that's going to complain uh, about good quality, high quality, um, especially wild caught seafood, right? You, it's no, there's no mystery what's being fed. It's being fed with ever out in the ocean. Um, you're in the pristine waters of Alaska, you know, stuff where they're showing commercials for beautiful, you know, shots of whales and fishing and <laughs> eagles and all that good stuff. It's, it's all coming from the source. That's what we call the source, which is Alaska. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So we, we talked about the quality of it. We talk, we talk about how the flavor profile is, a, in my opinion, the perfect species to introduce kids to eat seafood. I've had tremendous mm -hmm. success with it over the years and have been able to get kids to get a little bit more adventurous with different species because they've had good experiences with the seafood I served them when they were younger. Um, but yeah. you, you mentioned that that uh, Wild Alaska Pollock is the most sustainable fish species on the planet. Did I hear that right? Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, it's... Uh... 
it's been that way for a while, but we really, you know, we meaning the policy industry has kind of been really wanting to put that out there for the last few years. Definitely, it's been a push to, to let people know it's the most sustainable fishery in the world. And, and kind of what is what is that? Well, what does that mean? That sounds like something you write, you know, a marketing term or something you sound, you know, to, to brag about. Well, we do want to brag about it, but you know, Alaska. Uh, interesting fun fact here: Alaska is the only state, I believe, still. I think they have written in their state constitution sustainability in seafood. Yes. So what does that mean? That means they've gone above and beyond and saying we have to have sustainability in seafood. That means, Joe, when king crab was down the last couple of years, there was no king crab. Victory. I was so sad. Good. I called you that day. I yeah. said, is this real I'm hearing? Yeah. This is yeah. BS. I need That's some right. crab. There was, there was bycatch and stuff, and there were some other availability species, but red king crab for the most part was it was closed down and same with snow crab. It's just, you know, if, if years or if they're having a bad year, you know, sustainability comes first. And I think a good way, a good example, push, put this picture in your head. This is for anybody. If you're looking at 10 fish that are swimming up in Alaska in the water, we may only take out, they may allow two or three, four fish of those to be taken out. And then we may actually only take one or two of those fish. So, we're taking two fish for, you know, every 10 that are out there and we're allowed to take three, let's, let's call it three or four. So you're allowing all those other fish to swim free because you want those fish to come back at a strong fishery. If, if the fish aren't there in the future for us, for our fishermen, you know, which are the core bread and butter of Trident, our fishermen, they're out there doing the hard work, they're catching, they're providing for their families. If we don't do a good job of sustainability and they smartly realize that many, 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 many decades ago, then that we're all we're all screwed. I mean, you look at California's fishery, um, the Northeast Coast, which you're a little closer to than I am. They, you know, they've had fishing, they've had decimated fishing fleets. Now they're in fisheries. They've they've come back on a lot of stuff there, and it's, the people are starting to understand that. But it all goes together. And Alaska's just it's a world spot highlight for sustainability and the way. Uh, I mean, I could talk about that for probably hours, but it's just it, the way they do it in Alaska. It's, it's second to none. People all around the world look to do that because sadly there are a lot of overfished fisheries and, and people doing it the wrong way around the world. And that gives, you know, that's where you hear the bad publicity and the bad PR and the bad news is from people doing things the wrong way. Um, and, you know, including recently, there's been some companies been getting their hands slapped for doing some of that stuff. And we're proud to say we don't get on those lists. I mean, we're, we're doing the right thing. And Alaska does the right thing, and that's that's where our our source fish comes from. Almost all of it, and all of it for you know for K twelve for sure. You're you're doing it for all the right reasons too. You know, Alaska does it to make sure that that jobs are going to be there for future generations because they they're the the best protector of 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 their wildlife I've ever seen for, of any state for sure. Yeah. Um, so jobs are going to be there for future generations. But if they're if those restrictions weren't put in place. Greed is what it is, and people yeah. will be coming in there. And as much as plentiful as wild Alaska pollock is right now, I bet you it would not be so if there were no restrictions yeah. on it. If I can interject, there's one interesting story. A, there's a book, and I, I I can't think of the author right now. The book called Cod. And the same author wrote a book a book called Salt as well, and it talks about the cod trade and and talked about from back in the day, you know, they say you could walk from Mosa Iceland to Newfoundland or, you know, it was kind of a joke, but on the backs of cod, like, you know, you could walk across the ocean, their cod were so plentiful. And, you know, cod's making a little bit of a comeback, but the fishing was so decimated that, you know, it's just hard to believe now. It was like, it was, it was like gold then. It was like a, a currency, like, you know, the cod and the great quality. Atlantic cod is a wonderful product. Um, but, you know, 
it's been decimated from from years of non-sustainable fishing and like i said lots of different countries fishing it so there's lots of blame to be put but um that you know maybe they'll get back to a good spot but they just don't have that uh, sustainability like 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 alaska does well thankfully we got alaska because um we need them we need them to maintain their fisheries we need them to to ensure that we continue getting good products i i know this i know the story of cod i actually saw i didn't read the book but i saw a story on it and and the story mm-hmm. of the of the cod father also and and how dirty that right. business how dirty that business can be um okay. yeah so you know kudos to alaska kudos to trident for for doing the right thing all the times um again we need to continue getting as much high quality seafood in the schools as possible so we can get get students getting the nutrients they need and you know a recent gao report um stated that stated that significantly less usda is is providing and the the report was a little um misleading in parts of it because I, i i talked to one of the authors of the report and i said you know the your report talks about how much seafood usda is providing which is Right, not nearly enough, but it didn't really talk about how much school districts were buying commercially. So, but still, even if you added that in, there is a tremendous need for more seafood in schools. But talk about the GAO report. What yeah. what what, you, what what's Trident's thoughts on that? And you know, how can we, as we move forward, try yeah. to get kids to eat more seafood in schools? Uh, I have my thoughts on that I'll, too. Yeah. I'll give you an example of a little bit of an example that I'll, I'll go in the way back time machine, which maybe let's say it was like 10 years ago. I was at a, I was at a LAC conference, legislation action conference, which is a great conference. If any of you have been to that, I'd highly recommend going. Um, you can find a lot of, uh, it's just a different thing, right? You're, you're hand in hand with directors across the country, pushing for school lunches for children. It's like, you know, and every year they have different things they want to, you know, we want to talk about with their legislators, but, Anyway, I was at, I think at one of those and, and someone came up to do the report on what products were being, you know, what USDA products. And I, I, I might complete some of the stuff, but from what I remember, we they talked about all the different products are being bought by the USDA and they're going through the slide and, you know, beef, chicken, and pork and cheese, all these different things. But even just on, pro, let's talk about protein and like they're showing the slice of the pie, you know, the pie model and like fish was like, <laughs> it was the sliver that you couldn't see. It was like less than one percent. I mean, it was it was unbelievable, and that really was an eye opener to me. I think back then of wow, you know, it, you know, even though the USDA is buying, you know, oh, they buy a significant amount of seafood from us, it pales in comparison. You know, I joke to I joke to my buddies in the chicken business. You know, they're they're dealing with you know multi trucks at a time with one small district and all these things, and you know, we're in the seafood business. It's just it's not that big of a pie. We just want a little more. As Ned, as my buddy Ned Hawkins always says, we just want a little more share of the stomach, you know. And and so getting back to the GOA report and what what the major remind me of is that small percentage. I think in that report it said that now, like you said, it's based on commodities, but students were roughly getting equivalent to four, three to four ounces, I think, of seafood per year. A year. Per year. And so, you know, let's give an example of that to people. What does that mean? I mean, okay, most people might understand, but that's like a little bit larger than a McDonald's filet fish sandwich one time, having one of those a year. Or, you know, I mean, if you take if you take the bread and everything else out, probably at least two. So 
I mean, that's just, it's incredible. And some states are better than others. They had some graphs showing, you know, there were certain states, obviously, that uh, do a little better with seafood than others. Um, sometimes it's like that. It's what you grow up eating. Um, it's true if you're on the coastal community, a lot of times, oh, you know, hey, I grew up having fish my whole life or certain place, landlocked places in the country, maybe not as much. But yeah, it's just, it's woefully underaccounted for. And it's about time we've kind of got some eyes on that and, and said, hey, you know, I, I get there's problems with, you know, there's, there's issues and directors have a hard time. And a lot of times I point to someone like you and I say, you know, hey, here's how it can be done. There's, there's different ways, but there's, there's lots of different ways to have a successful program. But, you know, the GAO report getting back to that was just a nice way pointing out the, the obvious to us and hopefully that there will be some action from that. And, and it seems a little bit ambiguous and gray to me what, what actions are going to, you know, come from that. But hopefully, hopefully we can have more pressure to at least educate, right? It's not even just buying product, educate people about seafood, doing more, um, getting more people out there of, of educating seafood and, and showing how to do things successfully. How does Greenville do it? How does, you know, any school districts in the country, small or big, how are they doing it successfully, whether it's from scratch or just, you know, you're throwing it in a, a pan and making a fish sandwich. That's okay too, you know, but what are we doing besides maybe at lunch, you know, serving fish? What, what, what else can we do? Well, I think, I think we got a lot of opportunities, Ryan, to uh, provide some services to districts around the, the country who want to do more seafood, but for one yeah, reason or yeah. another, haven't been able to do it. And good to go back to the GAO report. I was, you know, I hope USDA takes some action on this because the report is specifically based on USDA's own guidelines for how much seafood should be consumed for kids. Yeah. So like uh, on one hand they're 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 setting the guidelines but then we're not they're not doing enough in my opinion on the other end. And I don't want to put all the blame yeah. on USDA. I think, you know, nope. like you said all these other um protein uh, producers have, have got a pretty stronghold, pretty good stronghold on our industry. Um, but the time is right right now to do what we can to help people serve more seafood. So uh, my services are out there. I'm glad to help anybody. I've been, I've been an advocate and a chef ambassador for Seafood Nutrition Partnership for a long time. And um, in that role, uh, I, help, I help districts find creative ways to serve seafood. You know, I'm just I right. first try to find, you know, what are your challenges? What's what's your barriers that perceived? You said, you know, people in certain areas naturally consume different foods based on where they're from. You know, if you're in the, if you're in New yeah. England and you're a kid, you probably had lobster before. Right. Um, but yeah. maybe, maybe not for a kid in Ohio. Um, but that being said, this industry is definitely moving in a whole new direction. Kids are more savvy, food savvy than they were years ago, especially when we 100%. were kids, especially since we were kids, you know, so they yeah. are exposed to more things. And, you know, we're taking efforts, you know, districts across country are taking efforts to uh, do better, do a better job with authentic yeah. Latin food or do a better job yeah. with, yeah. you know, with everything. So just because the kids in, you know, some little town in Ohio really didn't grow up eating Mexican food, but districts are still trying to do a good job with that. And I think we could do it with seafood as well. The, the fact that we're serving sushi uh, today and then, you know, it's a successful item for us um, in the schools 10 years ago, people would have said, get out of here. You know, that's, that's, you know, way that's not going to go. And now you have, it's actually, you know, some of the youngest kids are the ones they may know about it. You know, and I have kids that, Oh, I've never had sushi before, but they know it's cool. And they know other kids like it. It's interesting how that goes. 
And uh, we took it to a show one time, I remember, and, and I may interject in Houston. And um, <laughs> they had all these kids come through the line at the show in Houston. And they, I think my booth was more popular than any booth there. We ran out of samples so fast. We were the most popular booth besides the Hobart guys were across from us. So they were giving away free Bluetooth speakers. But ah. besides them, besides them, we were like the, you know, everybody, all these kids and us, kids, oh, I never had sushi, but I, oh, I really want to try it. And it was just awesome. And just anyway, to go to, to your point, kids are more savvy than they used to. And, you know, serving a fish bought me and, you know, protein noodles, which you've done, or, you know, you know, smoked fish. And it's just, it's interesting. And not just seafood, but anything, um, you know, doing these different things. Just it, it is a restaurant. These kids are more savvy. Um, they will like seafood and fish. You can't serve it one time. <laughs> you can't serve it one time and expect, expect maybe a kid to try it. Just like any kid at home, it's going to take several times sometimes for kids not have it for or unsure to see if they, uh, if they like it. And I think a good, a good example of that is, you go into a school district, you make a call, and oh, wow, gosh, our kids just really, you know, they don't really like seafood. We've tried a few times, haven't been successful. You work with them, you know, maybe maybe they don't want to try it, maybe they don't. And then what happens, you know, next year, a new director comes in. Same kids, you know, diff- next year. My babies love director. seafood now. Man, my kids, yeah, they're loving it. Can we get more? We like to do two different things. What? Well, you know, so I'm, you know, and I get it. I get it for directors. It's hard, and it is, it's a challenge. And there's a lot of challenge things. Kids don't like a lot of vegetables too. And, you know, there's different ways to do it than just serving it, you know, like I going back to Ohio, boiled and on a dish. Um, and that is, that is exactly the same way with seafood. And, you know, it just, it takes a little bit of education and time. It's not the pizza, the hot dog, the nuggets, the, you know, everything, the burrito, but um, you know, we have schools like your district where um, it is fairly popular and they do have good ADP when, when seafood serves. So, it just you know it just takes a little bit well it, it's 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 exactly the same as any other uh item i try to introduce in in schools you know i mean if i want kids to like it i have to prepare them a good quality product and like you said yeah. it's, it's going to take more than once and that you know every most everybody in our industry knows that anytime you introduce anything new you did it's gonna be two three times um but you have to nail it every time though i mean again yeah if your first if a kid's first shot at seafood is a is a mushy fish stick that's been that's sitting great. in the hot holy joe, cabinet for joe, three hours how many items how many schools have you been to joe you can tell me right now and maybe including your own but probably not yours but i bet you a lot of schools you've been to you walk into the kitchens and you, I, the joke is either the oven knobs broke at 350 uh, or there's a marker with 350 or it's like never moved past 350. And it's like, Hey, I tell people fish and fries are friends in the oven, man, especially yes. breaded. Now, if it's, if it's boiled and, or, you know, if you're, if you're doing something a little different, which we'll talk about here, I think hopefully, um, you know, different options, but understandably, you know, even the simple stuff, the nuggets and the portions for a fish sandwich or, you know, that kind of thing, or that, is, you know, it likes the high heat, that 425, 450, 400, depending on your oven and, and setting. Um, it likes, you know, fish and fries or friends in the oven. That's all you need to remember. That's right. And, you, you know, what they're not friends of, they're not friends of being cooked right after breakfast so you can enjoy <laughs> a good, relaxing prep time for the rest of your time before lunch, and then you can sit down and enjoy a nice right. lunch. So one of the, when I first got into Greenville years back, I, I remember, I was like, those fish eggs look like shit. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. What time did you cook them? And they're like, oh, I don't know. And I looked at the production record, and I was like, you you cook these at eight forty five. You serve lunch at in twelve. A box. And yeah, yeah. And they serve at twelve. 
that's why kids don't like seafood because you're cooking it like crap. So, um, yep. we, we were able to overcome that in uh, Greenville and, um, I'm, I'm thankful that I've been able to take those experiences and help other people too, because this is an important message. Yep. Um, so let's talk some strategies. How, how can districts around the country encourage, encourage kids to eat more seafood? Yeah. Yeah. I, I well, the, you know, the, <laughs> sometimes you say these things that people say, Oh yeah, that's simple. sounds simple. Or that sounds obvious, but you know, you have to remind people it's, it's kind of going back to what I said, serving it, Serving it several times, you know, doing the same thing. So that, that's that's the easiest thing. The next thing is, you know, getting. I know every school's different, but whether it's a, a cling board, a cling film, I'm sorry, like you know, something on on a, on a window, having digital schools now digital signs, you know, getting a digital picture of a good looking piece of fish if they're showing them what they're gonna get, you know, talking a little bit about that. But I think a simple one. I, I think a lot of schools um, miss this. Is the director is writing up the menu or they're having their menu plan or a dietitian depending on your size your district and you're writing that up how many times joe do i see fish fish and cheese i'm like oh oh lord that kills me no 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 you have to you have to you know how, do, how does this sound fish fish and cheese or bottle last and pollock served you know served on a on a bun and or cheat with cheese or you know there are hundred different ways you can write it but bottle last and pollock you know, not nacho dippers served with the chipotle sauce. I mean, it, you know, writing, I understand on a menu, on that, you know, you're writing those menus out, you're putting them out on, on the school district website. Probably, most people aren't printing them anymore. Maybe you do print them, but I get it. You're only so many words, you know, you're, right. you're probably working with, you're working with so many words in there, but putting in wild Alaskan politics, like I said, wild Alaskan, Joe, is the number one item. It surpassed Angus beef like five years ago. And I know you serve Angus beef, so you have to understand this. It surpassed Angus beef for the number one menu, recognized menu item that, that I'm thinking of the wrong word here, but basically that once when you people see it on the menu, that's what they want to buy it. Brand so recognition. Angus, yeah. If you see, if you say Angus beef. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good stuff. Or hey, Maine lobster. Oh yeah. And they, they branded that. Exactly. Alaskan Pollock, Alaskan salmon. It tells you a story. It says sustainability, quality. It's not, you know, it's not fish. It's not, you know, even even more generic than salmon or pollock, you know, or Alaskan pollock. It's fish. Don't say that. Fish, fish nuggets, boring. Fish no. Fish. Oh yeah. Well, I get that. You know. Yeah, and you know, fish nuggets kind of connotates to me. I mean, is that is that mystery meat or mystery seafood? You know, what what, what exactly. exactly is it? So I think it's important for people to tell the story. You're 100 percent right when they're putting their menus out for their community and their students and their parents to see. It's a great opportunity to name those items properly so it can help tell your story. You know, parents are yeah. gonna parents are gonna be more proud of you if they're saying, well, all right, great. We're, we're, we're actually getting wild Alaska Pollock, the most sustainably mm -hmm. sourced seafood out there. That's yeah. it's amazing. So I, I yeah, it's necessary. And you know, in my my experience, I think we talked about this once. Um getting you know fish sticks nothing yeah. wrong with fish sticks it's a great way yep. to introduce kids at a young age to yep. to different seafood options and then as they continue to go through the system a little bit you can get them you know eating you know wild alaska pollock tacos and you know i've, I've yeah i've done a, a variety of things um with with our students in greenville um but breaded fish that's all anybody thinks about right so yep. Talk, talk to us about unbreaded seafood options that Trident has available mm -hmm. that people should be considering. 
<laughs> it's funny, you know, it's good that you mentioned that, you know, we're, again, we're the largest seafood company in the United States for vertically integrated. So like, again, we catch the fish, we process the fish. It's funny. I'll get a director sometimes say, ah, oh, you know, you don't have any unbreaded things, do you? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I have thousands, I have a thousand unbreaded things. However, sometimes, you know, schools, when we look at things like, oh, I just want something with a steam label. So we may not have that. We have a product formulation statement for you. We can get you to, to the two meat meat alternates. That's, that's not a big deal. You're going to get there every day with, with, with you know, just a raw protein. Because typically when, you're, when it's not breaded, it's just a raw protein. So, you know, maybe you need, maybe you need 2.2 ounces if it's seasoned or something. Or as long as it's over two ounces, typically you're going to get two meat meat alternates. And we have different items out there. We have raw products, which is most of it, raw fillets, natural fillets, shaped fillets. It's true. Some are more expensive and, and, you know, some school districts that really have their, their act together, so to speak, like, like Greenville can, can put a little bit more budget and something that's more expensive because you're going to get a quality, quality product at the end, you know? Um, but there are also um, less expensive options. Maybe they're in the, you know, dollar to a dollar 50 per serving range. Uh, we have a product um, it's called a ready grilled line, for instance. Um, we, I think you believe you served it before. We have it in Pollock, in Alaska Pollock. We also have it in Alaska Salmon. It's, a, it's very rare in the industry because it's a fully cooked product and it's not canned or smoked. It's just, it's kind of like sous vide is the, is the fancier way to say it, or cooked in a pouch if you want to be, uh, say it that way. And it has grill marks and it's, and it's, it's slightly flavored and uh, it's a great product and it's fully cooked. So you can take it out and chop up that salmon and put it on a salmon Caesar salad, or you can warm it up in anything. You can microwave it. You can boil it in the bag. You can put it on a griddle or in the oven any way you want. And then you could, you know, serve it as a hot take. So again, that's just what, that's one example of many I have um, depends how much scratch cooking you're willing to do. Is it a green bill that's going to write a recipe, which we can, you know, we can help with recipes, you guys. And, and we have plenty of that kind of, there's, there's, there's outlets for recipes out there for people to try that unbreaded fish. They just kind of have to get past that. As long as they're not just a heat and serve. And I get it. And we'd like to, we even have like the ready grill would work for a heat and serve, but if we're from scratch cooking, we certainly have plenty of, um, plenty of raw options on breaded options to try. Um, it's just kind of depending on your budget and what schools are looking forward to, you know, how, how their operations work. And that's, that's what you have to understand. Well, I, I, I believe that um, school districts who, utilize menu engineering practices and can do some scratch and some speed scratch cooking. You, you have a, a greater opportunity to use some of the more expensive cuts of protein. Um, you know, you, you, I've, I've utilized both those products you're talking about, the salmon yep. and the pollock, uh, the ready grill. Great, great, yep. great products. I use them in both hot and cold applications. Uh, it's a very yep. versatile product. Um, you know, probably a little more expensive than a, a fish stick, but when yeah. when you when you engineer your menu right, I, I can get anybody's menu down to the ideal cost they're looking for at any point just by do, using menu engineering. So um, I think there's lots of opportunities there. I, ho I hope to see more districts using those two products because they're both very good. Absolutely. All right, Ryan. So let, let's talk about school demands and requests what do you what are you seeing specifically from school districts what are they what are they looking for yeah 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 that's uh you know it's funny uh, i would say you know we look across the landscape of all school districts across across the country and um you know one of our number one selling items um to be honest is our ocean treasure it's a 
it's a fun shaped item. It's kind of like <laughs> getting the dino nuggets at Costco or, some, or, or somewhere else. But they're a fun shaped item. It's a good way to introduce, especially the elementary, the primary kids, right, into seafood. They're fun shapes. They're made with, you know, wild Alaska pollock delicious nutritious and healthy but they're fun and you know and i get it a lot of kids it's a, it's a vessel to dip into a whether it's ketchup you know tartar um, ranch depending where you made hot sauce depending where you're out in the country uh in texas they like jalapenos and everything but but i you know what we're okay with that it's getting getting seafood starting off for little kids so that's a great you know that's a great item that a lot of people like to use but most people um across most districts and schools around the country you know, they just want something that can eat two meats, meat alternates in our case, and uh, breading. A lot of them do want something that's, that's breaded, and uh, all of our items are going to meet that. And, and whole grain requirements, even though that's not kind of out there like it used to be, our, our, our items do meet those requirements as well. Um, and then, of course, we also have some school districts, which unfortunately is still a little bit of an outlier, but we have school districts like yours and others are doing more scratch cooking and what an unbreaded fish, or, or maybe they want to try something else. Uh, they want to try another species they want to try alaska salmon or they want to try cod or or pet halibut or any, anything else we do or or serini which is kind of people know it as imitation crab which is for the first time ever about three years ago they made that into a, a cn item as well and that's a whole other discussion uh, that we don't have time for today but like i said most people are looking for something different as well maybe they're looking for a flavor we have all these flavor profiles we have bread we have batters we have plain jane items um six nuggets portions, strips, um, kind of just to meet those demands. And some people want something, a lot of schools want something that's going to be versatile that just won't go on a bun, right? Or just, yeah. this is not, uh, uh, but but I get it. People do want the finger food. That's, that's always been popular, kind of the smaller shapes and sizes. Um, because to be fair, like I said, prime, the primary schools are always our biggest movers. Um, we do we do well in, other, in, a, in the secondary as well, but primary is certainly the big, bigger focus usually. And uh, um, we have plenty of like the size and shapes kind of to meet those demands. I think you touched on something that that I like to articulate a lot. You know, while we all follow the same USDA guidelines, there's over fourteen thousand school districts out there. We're all different. Everybody's different in what they can do and what they can't do. You know, the number of staff they have, the skill set of their yep. staff, and so. You know, when I when I first came into this industry seventeen years ago, I said, "Well, this is how it should be done." I mean, it took me a minute to to be in this industry and get to know different people throughout the country, even really throughout mm-hmm. my state, and to to understand that you know my my first and only experience with K twelve school food service was in Greenville, and you know I was fortunate in that you know we tremendously equipped kitchens and all the resources we could possibly need, so we were able to do stuff. I just thought everybody had that. That's not the case. So <laughs> yeah, you know, different different districts and different schools had different capabilities and needs and it's nice to know that whatever their capabilities are that you guys have something that's gonna really help fit their need um now i don't know do you have do you guys have any new upcoming exciting things happening yeah we do we're always kind of tinkering in the r&d lab uh on on different things and i uh, yeah, I think I can talk about it a little bit. I, I'll, I'll give a teaser anyway. We're working, uh, we're working on the salmon items. How about that? So nice. kind of the first time it'll be a CN labeled item. Um, we'll see how fast Mississippi can get us out of a CN label. It takes a little bit these days, but um, we are working on a new item that will be, yeah, available available for commercial. Won't be commodity because um, salmon, Alaska salmon, it's going to be Alaskan salmon, of course. As we already yeah. talked about, you know it is. 
um, Alaskan salmon, and uh, it's not a commodity yet. However, I wouldn't be surprised if we'll see it um, in a different, few different places, but certainly on our commercial side of the K-12 sea and business. And yeah, we're, I think, gosh, I think here in a few weeks, I'm going to be able to see a run, test run of it, or at least get the first bench sample. Nice. And I'm um, hoping by uh, the new year, I'll have it out and start, you know, we can start kicking it around to shows and conferences and, and talking it up. And it's something different. So, you know, while um, I love Wild Alaska Pollock for all those reasons we've talked about, whether it's, you know, Costco or, or uh, you know, Burger King, McDonald's, Wendy's, all those places that carry that Wild Alaska Pollock, it's the most sustainable fish. You know, Alaska salmon has an equally great name and, and maybe, you know, just as higher, higher health halo and uh, it's a great fish as well. It's one of my favorites. I, I grew up thinking salmon was only in a can. And I can tell you, Joe, this product will not be in a can. And I love smoked salmon as well, but it won't be smoked. It'll be a, it'll be a great sea item uh, that'll fit needs. And even for the beginning fish eaters, I think they'll like this. So, um, you know, hold on to your hat there, but uh, that's, that's coming out. You know, I can't say exactly when because, you know, as soon as I do, I'll be wrong. So, yeah. well, so I'm, we're, I, we're working on it. I'm intrigued and a little pissed at the same time because that's the first I heard about that, and um, I am super, yeah. super excited to to learn what that's going to be, and uh, very, very excited for that. Um, I, I think we're getting ready to wrap up the show. Ryan, is there is there anything we missed today that that you want our listeners to know about Trident Seafoods? Ah, man, I don't nothing that I think I uh, that we missed. Um, I guess you know I would say kind of the uh, takeaway would be that you know Triton Seafoods source to the plate. You know we are the source. We we are vertically integrated. We're different than any other fishing company out there. Once frozen, like we talked about, Wild Alaska Pollock, especially is our bread and butter. Um, and you know we we have the highest quality product. We serve to everybody. We sell the USDA our fish that goes in the program. So even if it's not from us, it may be from us, if you know what I mean. It could be our right. fish. And and we love it. We love doing that. We love feeding kids and getting quality product in. And, you know, um, it it doesn't matter if it's not good quality because kids aren't going to eat low-quality fish. Like we talked about, they they will eat high-quality fish. And that just it takes a little bit sometimes. But we also have a lot of successes out there. And uh, we're looking to do new ventures, new things. And seafood just isn't a breaded fish stick, as great as that is. There's a lot of other options out there. So yeah, no, I mean, those are kind of my key things, I think. And uh, I really appreciate um, you taking the time to talk about seafood. Not everybody wants to do that. You've loved it forever. This isn't a new thing for you, Joe. You were one of the first people I remember talking to that was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, that all that regular stuff's fine, but tell me about what else you're doing. Tell me about, you know, all the, all the different things you do. And I couldn't believe it. So, you know, and then, and then you follow through and, and tried those things and put it on your truck and, and you experiment and maybe not everything's a home run, but that's, that's where it starts. So I appreciate it. Well, you've been a great partner uh, with me for over a decade. So I, I appreciate that. I appreciate your, your friendship, your professionalism. You know, I, I appreciate Trident for their commitment to providing kids throughout this country, the best possible seafood. And I am very, very excited to try some of the, the new products you got coming out and maybe we can get you back on a podcast when, when, when you release those new salmon products and we can talk about them. That's it. That's it. That sounds, sounds good. good. All right, yeah. brother. Well, again, thank you so much for being my partner in uh, promoting seafood with kids and uh, um, till next time, man, let's go. All right. Appreciate it.